Become a man of distinction with Rugged Evolution Beard Care. Order our scented beard oils and beard balms to help you maintain and grow the perfect beard. Order today. Try our men's care products like the Full Body Exfoliating Cleansing Bars, Body Wash, Smooth Stash, and more. Log on to our website or download our app to place your orders. Rugged Evolution Beard Care. We're your luxury but affordable men's care line. And remember, Rugged is the new smooth. <laughs> hey, we starting out. I'm starting with the left. What's Whoa. going on, y'all? Welcome, welcome, welcome to Our Smooth Club Podcast, the show where everyday men discuss everyday topics. I'm your guy, Arrington Gavin. With me, I got over here, Mr. Zach Johnson. What's going on? Mr. Jonathan Jones. What's good? It's a rock pop. Yo. Fellas, how's everybody feeling today? Sure, man. Hey, I, I like the style right now. I, I, see, I, see, I see Zach over here. Oh, thank you, brother. My wife's pants. Hey. <laughs> I mean, not my wife's pants. Hey. No one walks every morning. That's a set. That goes with a set. I feel like he's to, this is a matching. It's a whole. It's just too much red. I got it. Got it. Got But yeah, fellas, we got a great show today. So I have my good friend, Mr. Uh, Charles Corporu, Dr. Charles Corporu. He's host of What's Your Revolution podcast. He's a developmental psychologist, a venture capitalist. Awesome, awesome dude. Gonna be talking a lot. Uh, you know, just what he has going on with his show. His show's been on for about five years, five, six years. I'm honored to be a guest on his show. We had a great conversation. And man, just glad to have him on the show. Uh people wait ways you can support the show, of course. Uh you can check us out on iHeart, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, go to our YouTube channel, Rugby TV. Also, you can check us out on Roku on the Global Vision Network. We truly appreciate it. Uh all of our social medias, you know. Please support. Uh, so, fellas, I want to bring up. Um, I was watching. No, I was reading a tweet that a uh, KD had uh, put out saying, you know, guys like Stephen A. Skip Shannon, they they had they're putting a bad rep for uh, for basketball. They're putting a bad rep for sports, right? And you know, uh, uh, I think we saw Patrick Beverly on mm-hmm. with Stephen A. You know, giving his opinion on some, you know, some of the athletes, giving his commentary. And I wanted to ask you guys, you know, with a lot of the pro athletes. Uh, when they retire and going straight into sports journalism commentary, you know, is it a good is it good for sports journalism because hey, those guys have like the inside scoop really on you know that field rather than having say a, a skip who's strictly just you know an experienced journalist that is you know his knowledge is sports because a lot of guys they don't like Stephen they don't like Skip they don't like Shannon they're like okay shut up man you don't yeah. know nothing well Shannon's yeah. a different story because you know Shannon did play in the yeah, NFL right. but um, you know they really just they they don't. They don't like them. It's always beef with them. So what's your thoughts just on, you know, retired athletes going uh, from, you know, from the field to, to commentary? I mean, you see Tom Brady signed a hell of contract. So. Yeah. I think you kind of need that balance, you know, mm-hmm. of the journalism, the journalists who didn't play sports with the retired athletes that come in. Because, I mean, you look at Skip and Shannon's show, they always have a, you know, interesting dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I look at somebody like Kendrick Perkins. You yes, know, yeah. he's been putting the work in, man. You know, somebody that's from Texas, you know, retired, wasn't like the best player, mm-hmm. but played with a lot of great players mm-hmm. like KD and LeBron and stuff. He ran and it, the big three for a little bit too, right? Yeah, right. so did, right. yeah. You know, got that Southern draw. You know, back in the day, somebody who talks the way he does wouldn't get a you know a chance to be on a, sure. a sports mm-hmm. network like ESPN or, or anything like that. So I kind of like how it's evolving, you know, but as long as you put the work in, like Patrick Beverly, he came in, he went on that rant about CP3 and stuff. Patrick came with you know, too, man. Patrick yeah. Came, Patrick came like what he played, man. Always just. Yeah. He, he was. <laughs> but then, you know, my problem with that was okay, that's cool, whatever. But when he was talking about the issue with James Harden, he, was, mm-hmm. he wasn't really critiquing him because I was his boy. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So if you are a retired athlete, I think you still got to put that work in that, you know, to look up on the stats and everything like that, look at the analytics. But. At the same time, everything's not about the analytics. It's about, you know, you know so. I definitely think there's a fine line because, like, I remember during, like, the Super Bowl time and some of them, like, guys who only played, like, a couple of years. Like, I think if you doing that, you need yeah. to have played for a certain amount of time. Cause some of those right. dudes that was playing a couple of years and then they were talking about, oh, this is Josh Allen's going to surpass Patrick Mahomes. He sur- if he wins, he surpasses Patrick Mahomes. No, he hasn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, say those outrageous things. Like, I know you need your ratings, but, like, yeah. 
you just trying to shake up something to get your foot in the door. But mm-hmm. those guys, I'm like, you just saying stuff just to talk to nobody knows this shit. I always thought it was part of professional sports. Like, I thought it was just part of the leveling up in mm-hmm. sports. After yeah. your active duty, yeah. you, you mm-hmm. get on the show. I yeah. thought that was just a thing. If you had... The, if you still got the right mind enough, you mm-hmm. ain't got your brain rattled. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> if you're not oh, doing yeah. that, yeah. then, you know, you, you made another level. Boxes. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> For real, though. Like, you don't see a lot of retired boxes. Facts. You know what I mean? So if you still got your, your P's and Q's together, yeah. I feel like that's the next level of professional sports. Yeah. It is needed. It is. It'd be weird without it. And, it see, and see, I was talking, I was telling them, JJ earlier today, like, you know, to, to just on my opinion, I'm thinking like, okay, journalism and sports journalism currently is like, okay, 40%. I'm speaking strictly, you know, from my knowledge based on, you know, on the sport analytics, all that stuff. 60% is opinionated. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be sharing their opinion. So for the fact that if the players react that they don't like, bro, that's their opinion. Yeah. They, they, you know, it's don't, don't take it. So, you know, cause a lot, I mean, again, you know, a lot of people don't like Skip, a lot of people don't like uh, Stephen A. Right. I mean, I'm a fan of both of them. Yeah. I, and, you know, I like, I, I really like them undisputed with Skip and Shannon. Now, Shannon's starting to get beat from uh, athletes. I'm yeah. like, Shannon ain't the one you want to F yeah, with. Yeah, right. Because Shannon, <laughs> Shannon look like he can still play. Oh, Shannon he can. Like he can still play. He's the best built, team now that yeah. he was in the league. Mm-hmm. And so he's speaking, you know, he's speaking from, hey, I played 17, I think he played like 17, 14 years, something like that yeah. in the league. Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champ. What what they're how can you not just you know at least respect this gentleman's opinion mm-hmm. rather than saying well you ain't play you ain't you know, you don't know what it what it, it is like Shannon, on, Shannon on my Madden like I real talk backyard on football yeah 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 you got guys like you know Tom Brady already announced when he when he retires I don't know when that's gonna be but when he retires. The man is getting paid like thirty-seven million a year off of. Uh, he wants to die on that football field. Hey, hey, hey! You know what? But I tell you one thing though. I, once I signed that contract, I'm like, I made up my mind, right? Because that's unheard of when it comes to just you know, for a season. Not that's not for the year round. That's just for the. And you're still season. playing, right? And you already got your next and job. You got a lot of right. But see, I don't too. know if I can watch like I don't know if I can watch Tom Brady or LeBron settle for announcer. Sports mm. analyst, it just don't yeah. feel right. It don't yeah. feel right. It's yeah. like Michael Jordan don't do it, and I and I, and that's cool. Yeah. I'm happy he don't mm-hmm. because I would look at him as like a all right. Now you're just a commoner. Yeah. Like now you're just a. Some people don't need to do it. Yeah. I definitely Tom, see LeBron coaching. I could see LeBron coaching, but I don't really see Tom Brady coaching. I get. I, I don't see. I. Mm, I don't know. It's so hard because you know they're a leader on the field, so it takes a leader. You know, they always say, "Hey, look, I'm gonna yeah. to mm-hmm. be a coach." But like uh, I remember uh, Jason Winton, he's I think he's now he's now retired, but he tried his you know his uh, foot in the broadcasting booth didn't work out. Uh, Tony Romo's doing it. Yeah. Tony getting paid. Tony, and then, you know Tony's doing all right. Mm-hmm. He's making a career. Troy Aikman, you know those guys. Uh, oh, uh, Shaq and uh, uh yeah. Shaq Ernie. That's money. Shaq, Shaq that doing man. Shaq. I, I, yeah. <laughs> like, Shaq's always got a personality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Shaq is a person. He's an entertainer. Yeah. Yeah. Alley right there. Yeah. So is, if so you would have told me Shaq would have been one of the favorite persons to watch talk Bruh. about sports a few Bruh. years Bruh. ago, hilarious. I'll be thinking you dumbass. Him and Chuck, man. That's probably like one of the best analysis like shows. Like the chemistry they got on that is probably like one of the best. Priceless. Bro, it it's gonna suck when they retire, bro. Because yeah. who, who's after them? Right. Like, it's like who can? Well, look, well, Patrick Bailey, would he be in that mix? Well, you see, Draymond, Draymond got his podcast. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, they've he's had him. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Yeah. I watch it. I People watch critiquing him though because they. They think he's more worried about you know his podcast than playing the game. Of course, he'll play a bad sure. game and go straight to the podcast. But at the same time, I feel like you know you should have the freedom to do that if you y'all want to. Y'all ever you check know, out, uh, uh, Kevin Garnett. Y'all ever check out? He has like a little. Oh yeah. He's 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 in it with the whole you know commentary you know. But a lot, I mean, a lot I of guys watch Kevin Garnett. Yeah. The person who looked like him took one of my high school crushes. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> I've seen oh. we had beef with tall people ever since. <laughs> How does she look now, though? Oh, she's horrible looking. <laughs> 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 
so you good. It won't make it me. You got that little animosity. Oh, man. I don't follow him on Instagram. Damn. That's how it's okay. It's sometimes a short thing for me. I don't care. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. I don't even know admiring his shoes. Let me tell these are pretty easy. Chill, bro. Why you make his voice so thin? I feel like tall people got a deep voice. I'm sorry. Without the tall people voices, y'all crazy man. Look like you're here. Y'all crazy man. See, look. Shoot, but but I, you uh, know, I wanted to bring it up because you know, there's it's always gonna be that 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 beef between players and commentators. They're gonna, they're looking at them as the press. They're looking at them as the critics more than hey, they're analyzing you know the sports. Yeah. So it's just that bandwagon thing though. Mm, it's no, like think about how the bandwagon works. How many people said that um were that they're talking about it right now? Mm. Who's the chunky kid? New one, Zion. Zion, uh, yeah. about his weight, right? Yeah, yeah. They talking about him so bad. I mean, mm. they are every yeah. single time he mm. does anything is about how fat he is. Yeah. Mm. Now, as soon as he starts playing again and the weight drops and cuts yep. and all that stuff, they're gonna be on his penis mm-hmm. like these groupies. Facts. And it, it, they're gonna completely forget about how they said he was a bust, he's washed. Mm-hmm. He was the same with Ben Simmons. Like Ben Simmons when they uh, uh no, I don't think it ain't coming yeah, back bro. for him. Yeah, like man, he he can worry about dressing all sharper yeah. that way, you know. It's I mean they they criticized him completely. I know Steven they had a lot to say about him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were criticizing him. And then when they went in again, yeah. it's like oh, I've always said that they're yeah. the best player. And they, da, 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 da. But you know, people are followers though. You know, they gonna follow it. What's the hot topic? Well, right and, now, the, and then the media is gonna find okay, what is the rating? You know, what's yeah. the rating? Because like, Facts. for example, I mean, we can speak on like all the the mass shootings that we've had on you know on the on the uh, ma- mainstream level. Yeah. Those news programs they play that twenty four seven. It's like yeah. okay, we know it's happened. You know, mm-hmm. can we speak on something else? They stretch it out because yeah. they know that the sad part is, but you know, hey. Sor- sorrow brings ratings to, to major news networks. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to sports, you know, they're starting to kind of gravitate because there's a lot of sports commentators saying, I'm going to go more to the political side and do this. You know, I'm going to bring politics into sports or I'm going to do this and that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just all about, you know, what's what's the ratings getting, man? People like uh, people like a little controversy. Yeah. Well, I know, like, we need, like, the analysts and stuff, but sometimes, like, they be trying to debate pro athletes who have yeah. been in them situations and yeah. know what it feels like. And it's like, how are you going to argue right. with somebody that's been there? Well, but you know what, though? To kind of play a little devil's advocate, I was, um, I would say, you. so you have coaches that were probably never played the sport or even that was awful at playing the sport. Just the fact of the matter is, you can still have a great IQ in that sport and still speak on it. You don't have to always be like that. Yeah. But I'm not even saying at that level. I'm saying like... Oh, just in general. Yeah, like, yeah. what does Stephen A play? Steve ain't played in college. I mean, he played. He played. He played I mean, college. I played in college yeah, too. It, it was a. It was an HBCU. <laughs> okay. I mean, but that, I'm just saying, like, college and NBA is still a very big gap. It's, it's still, but again, like, and again, that was I how take, long I ago? It was a minute ago, but I'm saying I take it on the IQ level, though. I mean, I mean yeah, so. but I'm still gonna take somebody who has played in his current. No, no, I'm not, no, I'm not saying, saying I'm not saying I disagree, but I'm saying you gotta look at the other side too and kind of say, okay, I can see where he's coming from rather than just saying, oh, what does he know about it? I mean, yeah. So but it's but it but it is true though, like at the end of the day, it's I think it's better to have like the athletes that have have the make like the insight, you yeah. know, just like Patrick Beverly when right. he's up there speaking on. So I feel I, like he speaks on more of emotion than anything. <laughs> yeah. Well Patrick Patrick he's, he's emotional play like Patrick is a He's kind of like a he's kind of a journeyman. How many yeah. squads he played? He played for about. When they had that. him, he was on top of that stand, celebrating oh, like they won a the championship. Game. Yeah. Oh man, that little thing the TNT did when they had the music yeah. going. Yeah, that was that was classic. That was <laughs> classic. No, that was he classic. Talked, he talked bad about Chris Paul. I was like, ooh. He been waiting Ooh. years for that. Smoke, yeah, bro. yeah, because he. he oh my work goodness! When they were talking about um, Carl Anthony Towns, he gave that kiss out. They were like. Out of that performance, that's what you like just he did. Like he was Kobe or something. <laughs> yeah, they were clowning him. I'm saying, you, hey, you play ball. You played a. Uh, you play collegiate on a collegiate level, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play, yeah, I played at uh, Army. Uh, you know, D1 oh, at uh, West Point, okay. and then I ended up transferring after I got injured. Played at, uh, finished up at the Apprentice School. Okay, you know, okay. two time All American. But you know, I love the game. I just like being around it, man. Mm-hmm. You know, my thing is. I go to the YMCA just, you know, to be around the little kids, bro. So every morning at 5 a.m. You probably don't go nothing crazy, don't you? You probably just put it. Well, yeah, I mean. (laughs) Well, see, what I do, it it was cool for me because I still follow my same regiment. You know, I I still use my, um, we had a, like for off-season workouts, we had a binder, you know, and I still got to make 500 shots before I go. 
you know, start working in the morning. So I go get there at like four o'clock, you know what I'm saying? But it was cool because the little kids would come up and do my workouts with me. And so I'm kind of, it's just kind of like my way to give back with them, you know what I mean? Because it's a few little kids that get up there, their mom takes them every single morning. So we work out and stuff. So that's kind of what it, like, I don't think I could ever be a coach, yeah. but I could be like a skills coach. You my know man, what I'm look, let me, yeah. let, me, let me get that 20. <laughs> but I wouldn't even do it. I don't even like charging because I feel like, so many people gave it to me for free. You yeah. know, that's kind of like my dude. No, that's good. Back, you know? That's crazy. You got somebody like that on the panel. And I was the kid who just wanted the jersey. Like, I just, just give me my letterman jacket so I can get these. I mean, uh, so wow. I can. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. So, coming up next. Yeah, okay. See, this dude trying to get in trouble. First, talk about. Didn't you punch a dog one time? No, I mean, why would you bring that up? Watch the first episode. Watch the first episode. Watch, watch the first. Watch the first. Watch the first. Oh, watch first. shoot. Um, but. <laughs> oh, shoot. Peter. Hey, hey, hey. I have uh, we, love, we love dogs. In the oh. career, my career didn't even take off yet. Oh, oh man. <laughs> man, so look, uh, before we bring on our guest, Dr. Charles Corporal, of course, we got to shout out. Uh, some of our amazing sponsors again we got some amazing beverages down here shoe crazy wine yeah. we got ingenious look at that shoe crazy wine let me close something Black right you can find anywhere anywhere where you find wine you're gonna find shoe crazy this is awesome they're now uh venturing into the spirit uh with uh, with their own whiskey they got their own moonshine coming out and then uh, uh vodka so they're really they're really growing and it's a mother daughter uh, team and they're doing some great things um of course the genius gym Black owned, veteran owned gin. Uh, uh, good friends to the show. And, um, you know, it's, it's our go to beverage when we, you know, here at the club. So, um, and of course, uh, uh, Dapper Loot Collection. Dapper Loot Collection. Uh, you you want to get some nice custom suits going, you want to hit up uh, our good friend, Mr. Luke Haskett, better known as Dapper Loot. You can go on his website, dapperlootcollection.com. Or if you're in the Hampton Roads area, you can go to his suite at 3574 Holland Road, Suite 200. We truly appreciate their support of our smooth club. So, fellas, uh, we're gonna take a little. Uh, we're gonna bring on uh, Dr. Charles Corporal, our guest. Cool. Uh, when we get back, let's make some make some room for him. Yes, sir. Dr. Charles, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. So, we are honored to have um, a good friend of mine, uh, host of What's Your Revolution show. Uh, that's been on uh, what radio podcasts, and I mean for about five years now. Mm -hmm. uh, developmental psychologist and also venture capitalist. Uh, Dr. Charles Corporal. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, look at clean, man. Look at clean. Look at the shoes. Look at the shoes. Yeah, don't look at my ankles. He said it's Taylor. <laughs> 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 got a little, little darts in the back. It's Taylor. This, this is old no, man. This, this is grown folks right here. This ain't wrong. Exactly. I mean, I'm matched. I'm just saying. I'm being You know you know, oh, it's all well, good. Well, well, look, we're so excited to have you on here. Welcome to the club. Thank you, so, brother. So, uh, man, developmental psychologist, your your show, highly popular, What's the Revolution podcast. For one, tell us tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us, you know, where it all started and, you know, just, you know, where, hometown. Let's start yeah, with that. Hometown. Yeah, yeah, No, I, I say it all the time. I'm a proud stallion, man. Class of 1989, Green Run High School. That's where mm -hmm. it all started. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I give credence to everything that happened to me in those uh, three years at Greenland High School, man. Great teachers, great administration. Uh, what it did was allow me to have a worldview, to go out into the world and see people for who they are, instead of saying, yeah. looking at race or gender or sexual orientation. Like, uh, they taught us how to see people. Wow. Um, and this, this word about equity that everybody's talking about now, they practiced equity back in the late 80s. And so mm -hmm. we were able to go out into the world, man. The superintendent of Virginia's public schools is a graduate of class of 89 of Greenland High School. So many of my classmates are doing revolutionary things in the world because they were able to pour into us. So went on to James Madison, uh, got a degree in history, and then came back and taught in Virginia Beach. Was a baseball coach at Great Neck and Green Run, man. So uh, yeah. love baseball, still playing. Was up till midnight playing baseball on somebody's Dang. field last night. Um, Dang. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> one of dreams. the greatest things for me was uh, when I was teaching was mentoring people that look like us, like young brothers, and, mm. and enjoyed that. Uh, my last year at Green Run, I had a group called Brothers of the Academy. Okay. And I remember us watching uh, Malcolm X. And I was so I asked them, I was like, who's going to be your Malcolm X? They're like, you're you are Malcolm X. Mm. Mm. And I 
was like, whoa, yeah, yeah. I, had to, I had to step outside and, and you know, let the, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, sweating. Yeah, 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 yeah. I sweat. Um, but it was because of them is that I went back to uh, school and got my PhD at Tulane University uh, in um, developmental, uh, developmental psychology, psychological science, and I wrote extensively on the experiences of young black men. Um, right. And this term that everybody was billing to us was uh, hypermasculine. Black men are hypermasculine. They're oversexed. They're thugs. They're lethargic. They're uneducated. And I wanted to change the narrative. So I began writing about these positive experiences, like what you all are doing right here. It's interesting that the conversation that we had in the green room was like so uplifting because I get to see. I forget that I'm actually older than you all. He was uh, surprised we used cocoa butter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moisturize. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Young man. But it's good to see you know what you all are doing as young men, like telling these stories and, and, and engaging with each other and having these positive experiences that the world needs to see. And so I wrote about that. Um, and then several years you know, ago, I decided to start my own podcast, The What's a Revolution Show, mm -hmm. to be able to interview dope men like you, you know, and dope men like you all. So I just want to give a shout you out to- You just love that, man. You know? I'm gonna let you have it. You yeah. got one more. <laughs> you got one more. One more, one more. <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to you I'm because a key yeah. <laughs> one of our favorite episodes actually is, and it's called How to Follow Your Dreams. It's your episode on our show. Wow. You know, it's one of the most popular episodes Thank that we have. So thank you for coming on. Um, the show means so much to me. It's about, as we say, it's, it's dope black, uh, I interview dope black men doing dope black stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, that's my little story, man. And, and just trying to be out in the world. I'm out. The last thing is that I work in venture capital and I get to fund early stage startups that are built by people of color. Mm. So yeah, yeah, it's, so, it is a wonderful opportunity. But no, that that's so awesome because like what I always enjoy just ha having this time to hang out with you know my bros. But again, you know, change the narrative is really important just in in, in my life as far as in, in business on this show because you want to help lead by example for the younger generation. Mm -hmm. You want them to know that okay. There is hope. There, there's someone that cares. There's, there's up that have options, and it's very important. Like what you said, just you know, for small bit black owned businesses, mm -hmm. business of color. Because yeah. I always say there's so many of us that are there's so many creators in our culture that that just you know they're hesitant, they're scared, they don't know. I'm like, okay, is it gonna be accepted? Well, do I have the funds for it? Things like that. Let me just stay in my place and just stay back. Yeah. But I mean, there's so, I mean, it's it's awesome, man. It's awesome. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. So. Let's talk about what's your revolution. I heard you use the term revolutionary, mm -hmm. and you use that a lot, of course, with yeah, your, you know, with your brand, with your company. So let's talk about what's your revolution show. Um, it came about really. I wrote a piece for um, the Good Men Project mm -hmm. uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, something had happened. I can't remember the exact thing that happened, and I wrote a piece for them, and. It was a brother in Canada. It's called Dr. Vibe. I don't know what his real name is, and he's not a real doctor. But, <laughs> but, um, but he read the article, and he was like, "Hey, I, you know, like you, I want, I would love to interview you on on this piece." It was something happened. Uh, you know, some something I wrote a piece on police brutality, something mm -hmm. uh, around that, and he picked it up, and so we started having this dialogue. Mm -hmm. uh, he was like, "I love, you know, what you're doing." He was like, "Would you, you know, come on ever so often?" And so I would be a recurring guest on the Dr. Vibe show. And so he was like, look, I want to have you more often. Can we do something together? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, let's figure it out. So we started the show, it was called H2H, Hypermasculinity to Healthy Masculinity. Oh, wow. And so we did that for a couple of years. And then a friend of mine, Rachel Graham, was listening to the show. She was like, "You need this needs to be your own show. You need mm -hmm. to have a radio show. And I was like, well, where? So she sent it to one of her friends who was the producer, the head producer at WBOK in New Orleans, where I was, where I was working, and it became the What's Your Revolution show wow. in 2000, January 17, 2017, and I began interviewing local, you know, New Orleanians who I had relationships with, who were black men, who were talking about this transformation in their lives. Like, What's Your Revolution is how are you transforming your life, your community, the world, and how does that story then resonate to other folks so they can build their own revolution? So we have authors, athletes, activists everything in between to tell this story of what their revolution, how they're changing something mm -hmm. in the world. And so, yeah, that's what What's the Revolution is. It's a wonderful opportunity for me to ha sometimes have therapy, sometimes, you know, laughter, you know, yeah. all the things that, you know, allow folks to listen and say, well, how can I answer this question 
What's your revolution? Wow. Man, that's powerful. So what I want to ask is why is it so like, you know, masculinity in our community? Mm -hmm. Why is it such a huge thing to say it's so important to be, hey, I'm a man, I'm a man's Mm -hmm. man, I'm a man. It's so hard to have that stigma rather than just say, hey, look, I have my flaws. I, you know, I'm not, I can't do this. I can't, I can't change a tire. So that doesn't make me less than a man, right? Uh, no. Triple A, Triple A, Triple A. I got my Triple A call. Yeah, me too, me too. But but seriously though, it's like we it's it's so hard for us to either make our, you know, our fathers proud or make our friend you know, just make our friends like, you know, proud. You know, you want to make a good impression, you don't want to be the you know the joke of the group right mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but no but seriously like why, why do you think it, it consists so hard in like in the black community so, so there are a number of things and um, your, your your listeners and viewers may you know not be happy with this but th- this this it's historical mm-hmm. uh, you know you think back from slavery where you had to be this masculine figure to protect yourself mm-hmm. and your family uh, and what it meant, what it meant to protect your manhood mm-hmm. during that period of time. You understand when 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 slaves were punished, there was a whole host of things, particularly for black male slaves, that were done to them to emasculate them. Mm-hmm. Right? We won't even talk about the the, the physical things that happened. Mm-hmm. And so um, you you move that into where society and white supremacy have like considerably work to emasculate black men to keep them down, to keep the black family down, to keep black folks down. Um, and so what has happened from a psychological perspective, in my opinion, is that we have had to create, right, this this ideal of what masculinity looks like in our community, mm-hmm. right? And it is, it is very, it is around strength. It is, it is around um, what we deem as leadership. It's around sexuality. It's a, 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 around being like rugged, mm. those types of things. Um, but what we've seen, particularly because we've been having more conversations around what it means to be a man and what it means to be a man of color, and we're seeing more folks who are having, uh, how do I say, the spectrum of masculinity be more accepted, mm-hmm. right? And so we're saying like, but I, I can wear slim pants, yeah. right? I can wear a, <laughs> I, I can wear a fitted shirt. Yeah, I can wear this. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. Exactly. I don't have I think, to. I think right, nice. right. I don't have to match. Right. <laughs> right. All, all, all the things. All, all those things because we're seeing. We're, we're seeing. The audience is like, why are they laughing so hard? But I, I think that the more that we have these conversations around masculinities mm-hmm. instead of masculinity, mm-hmm. right, then we have the ability to see brothers being who they want to be. Mm-hmm. And so we become more accepting. But, you know, and uh, again, the, 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 the black church has also been right, mm-hmm. one of the ideologues that has has portrayed what black masculinity should look like, right? Okay. You think about the black pastor. The, usually, you know, it's the black male pastor who is leading the flock, mm-hmm. right? And leading the flock both mentally and, and spiritually. Ushers are mostly females. Right. Ushers are mostly females. Right. They, you know, mm-hmm. Right. And so and then you have the first lady of the church, right? right? Um, and so we've got to, we have to understand that there's a diversity of masculinity mm. and, and being able to say, I can be who I want to be. So I think about my brothers and sisters who are LGBTQIA, right? Mm-hmm. And how we, as black men, right? We fight so often for like, I want equity, I want uh, I want peace, but then we don't stand up for mm-hmm. our folks in other communities, right? That look like us, but we, we want our equity, but we're not, we actually are the most, mar- you know, marginalized, or we provide marginalization to people who are not cisgender, straight, you know, heterosexual folks and you're like well nah <laughs> you're not I, with me and, instead of saying started this uh it's a game that i play with you know me and my daughter it's mm-hmm. uh it's like break the meme up game okay. right mm-hmm. and so it's when i'm in predominantly black areas black culture you mm-hmm. know we doing things that you mostly see where we hanging out at mm-hmm. and instead of doing the meme mug like we normally do mm-hmm. like me and you just met yeah we, you know you i'm a nice guy you're a nice guy but okay. if we was po- crossing paths at the mall for some reason yeah. we would be 
Mm-hmm. You know, right. it's yeah. the meme mug, right. right? So me and my daughter, we purposely find some of the meanest people who we think <laughs> outside, and we yeah. just wave and smile. Oh, we, wave and smile. And I do it right along with my kid. We just wave and smile yeah. until they smile back. And some of these people who <laughs> smile and wave back are some of the most gangsterous looking, <laughs> like. I swear you would think Tupac reincarnated was the last person we wow. waved at and he was like screaming thug like me and my daughter. And he's like, oh, hey, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's just me and her. We go around all over the place now, no matter what city we're in, no matter where we we purposely wow. look for mean looking. But that's so good, though, boss, because it's just the fact that what you're doing is just trying to spread like kindness. It's that yeah. kindness conspiracy thing. Mm-hmm. I say, you know, yeah. you want to spread as much kindness as you can because, you know, you're right. I can. I, I, I go in the store and I'm like, why are you so frustrated? Yeah. Why, you know, what's like, why are you so mad? Exactly. We mm-hmm. both at Farm Fresh getting this chicken. We are doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> we got the same thing going. It's the fresh one, though. It's the fresh one. It's the fresh one. Oh, okay, okay. It's, it's been there for a minute. That's why they mad. All dried up. All dried up. This is nasty. That's what it is. That's what all the way up here. You're the only one Can I say something to what you're saying? Yeah. I wrote a piece a couple years called The Death of the Head Nod. You know, when I was growing up, right, the head nod was a, was this acknowledgement piece, right? And it's like, I see you. You know, I may not know you, and particularly if you're in spaces where there are only a few of us. The head nod was yeah. like, I see you mm-hmm. and I got you. Mm-hmm. And what I what I feel like has happened is that the head nod is is gone. Mm. Because I, I I've been in cities and I'm like head nod and folks look at me like, yeah. you, you, something wrong. Something wrong with you. And like what you trying to get into. Yeah, what you trying to get into. <laughs> like, 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 I'm, just, I'm just saying hello. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's been interesting because. I don't know if the cue is there, if it's ingrained in the younger generations. Because when I got to New Orleans, living there, I mean, I was so used to the head, what's up, what's mm-hmm. up? You know, head up or head down, something. And they look at me like, and I was like, yo. Yeah. But who, you know who was giving me the head now? Who? White dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not the yeah. head, white, white people, no offense. But they do the head down. They do the head we down. They don't. What's up? They do Give me something. So I'm, that's why I think if we can get back to acknowledging each other, like you said, like mm-hmm. the mean mug, like I got, I got to show you how hard I am. No, yeah. you don't, right? Yeah. Show me how nice you are, because all right, our communities, right? We're Afrocentric people. We are that's communal right. folks, yeah. right? And we are built around that, and we've lost that yeah. that ability to be in community. I mm-hmm. mean, I walked in here, didn't know anybody, didn't mean nobody mean mugged me. Mm-hmm. We sat for twenty minutes laughing and joking. Yeah. I don't know y'all, but y'all are family. That's Thanks. how we should be. For sure. Yeah. So, oh, my bad, my bad. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, man, I, I've noticed, you know, I don't know if it's a sign of, you know, trying to, you know, protection or whatever. You know what I mean? Because my wife gets on me all the time because when we go walk around, I'm talking to everybody, saying mm-hmm. what's up. And she might just want to, it might be one of those days she had a hard day. She just wants to, you know, walk, you know, won't feel like talking. <laughs> but I'm going to end up talking to somebody for like 30 minutes, you know what I mean? <laughs> You know, but then I know you don't come on. Right. <laughs> but then I noticed if we go in a, another situation where it might be a rougher part of town or whatever, it's like I'm walking like my no smile at all because mm-hmm. I'm trying to make sure people know don't mess with me because yeah. I'm about to action it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or whatever. I, that, the, yeah, sometimes the case I pile windows. Yeah. I pile windows and door frames. And, uh-huh. and for those not in the military, when you pile a room, mm-hmm. You basically cutting off the section mm-hmm. of the door or the opening to see if there's a threat. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like I catch myself doing it and then I stop. Mm-hmm. All right, I may smoke a joint. Yeah. <laughs> I relax myself, right. realize, look, I'm with my family. Yeah. I'm cool. If something pop off, I'll deal with it. For but sure. chances are we say. Right, yeah. right. But then it's like, I mean, people shooting each other for mm-hmm. all types of you know, and, so and I'm like to say, I feel like and all that stuff ties into the fact that everybody everybody wants to be, you know top dog. Everyone wants to show, hey, I'm in I'm in power. Like with the whole, you know, with, like you said, with the shootings, we were talking about um, the gun issues going on right now and just in, in our area here, mm-hmm. a lot of the shootings and massacres are, you know, the victims and the suspects are getting younger and younger mm-hmm. and the reasoning 
it's over a girl or it's over somebody did this and that. It's awful stupid stuff. So like again, why why is everybody trying to prove like, hey, I gotta be that top dog? Why, I mean, why why would he, why would we? So there's an evolutionary perspective. You talk about that, um, like down in our brainstem, down at our core, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're wired to look for predation, right? Predators, mm-hmm. right? So we are evolutionary. I mean, our ancestors were like, hey. Is there a lion? Is there something? Is there, is there something yeah. coming to eat me? And so mm-hmm. we still have that, right? And so when we look at face, our, our brain, you know, there, we process eleven million bits of information per second, mm-hmm. right? Right, but we're not conscious of it. But part of that 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 processing is that we're looking for predators, right? Mm-hmm. We want to stay safe, um, and so sometimes it's hard to turn that off. And so, you know, also having like making yourself larger in space says to someone who might be a predator, like, oh, I might not want to mess with you, right? And so those, the two sides of that coin, uh, and so thinking about that, and so we have to get out of of this mindset, right? If I feel safe, I can turn it off. Mm -hmm. And then what happens when I draw people in? But we, you know, because we've been socialized, particularly that black areas or communities of color are unsafe, Mm -hmm. we move into the mindset that I've got to protect myself. Because we've been socialized and socialized, and we've seen things experienced, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trauma that happens in certain communities. But how do we walk into a community with saying, okay, I'm going to be safe, but let others know that I am a part of their safety as well? Mm-hmm. I like what you said about masculinities, mm-hmm. you know, and not just one masculinity. You know, my question for you would be, are there any, do you think there are any like non-negotiables of, you know, because you know. The guys, you talk to, you know, I might talk to my great uncle or something, you know, and he has a, you know, certain perspective of what a man should be, you know, from that time Mm -hmm. period or whatever. Do you think there's any of that stuff that, you know, is just a non-negotiable or is it just case by case scenario for each man? Like, you know. What do you mean by non-negotiables? Like, you know, if I if I were to talk to my great uncle or something, he's, you know, Vietnam vet and everything like that, he would be like, you know, man's a provider, mm-hmm. you know, has to protect his family, you know, he'd probably if, say... If, if, the, if the wife is <clears throat> even making more. Like, right. They make more, like, right. Right. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Right. Because uh-huh. like, that's the, I mean, I know, in my family, uh-huh. like, no, man, you, you might want to lean towards, you know, or get another job or something. Yeah, like that, some, some people might say, you know... Had to be faithful. Some mm-hmm. people might say that's not a big deal either. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm just curious as to, you know, are there any, you know, any layovers or, you know, from that time period that are still relevant for, to this day? Um, or... I think folks have to decide individually who they want to be mm-hmm. uh, and and decide in this, this I don't want to say, you know, your bucket of your identity mm-hmm. and what you want to adhere to. Um I think we also have an opportunity to educate our older generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think about um, my family, and we have conversations around some of my family members who are gay, mm-hmm. and having that educational conversation with them. Like, you know, uh, one of my family members got married, and my folks were like, "Well, we're not going to go." And I was like, "No, we're going." Yeah. Right. And so I think there is a level of, of push because yes, you grew up in, in a, a period of time, but it doesn't mean that how you grew up yeah. was the right way. And we also think that we have the ability to educate because we, we just happen to experience more. Mm-hmm. As, um, a, as a child, I used to feel like I wasn't man enough because certain things didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. So, because my natural brain thinks gay people have been around since before we had words to right. describe gayness. Right. So mm-hmm. why should I care? Yeah. And because I didn't have those issues, because I was a kid, not making fun of the, the gay guy here or mm-hmm. the butch girl here, or I was cool with this and that and whatever, mm-hmm. people were, by association, calling me gay and less of a man yeah. and less of this and that. And I was just so confused. I was like, when they have sex, do you come? Do you <laughs> right. Like, yeah. are you at your house right. jizzing in your sleep thinking, damn it! <laughs> damn it! <laughs> Jamal and James is humping again. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like yeah. it. Like, <laughs> so it's yeah. like, it never bothered me. And, that, and I was just, I grew up in this, it wasn't until I think I turned like 26, 27 when I just gave it up. It's mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm okay with what I'm okay with. And people who feel some other type of way. That's all. And, and, yeah. yeah. and it helps, you know, how, you know, how you're raised. Like, again, 
Like my family raised me to say, hey, treat everybody, yeah. right. everybody the way you want to be treated. Treat mm-hmm. everybody with respect, and and that's what I did. It was no, I mean, I'm friends with everybody. Yeah. I don't care what I'm friend because at the end of the day, you are a human being. You deserve to exactly. live the same. You live in the same where you work, just as you work. It. I hate the whole di- division we have in our in our country yeah. right now. I hate all that. You know, hey, you know, classism division or like, oh, you're this, so you hang on with your crowd. I'm this, you. Hang- I, I hate it. I hate it. Because meant to be celebrated, yeah. not yeah. pitched against each other. Mm, exactly. This is meant to be like, oh, that's your culture? This is dope to experience. Yeah. Experience mine. Exactly. That's the thing that I feel like a lot of media and stuff that get caught up in is people are so invested in other people's lives. It's like, me when I was here, I had too much going on like with myself and my yeah. family. It's like, I'm not worried about what somebody else's life is like. It's like, yeah. why are you... Like you said, we all come from different experiences and stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. why are you that invested like worry about your life. That's the thing is like people that get caught up in these like like the trials and stuff and like they want to know this. I'm like, I want to live my life. Yeah. And I'm not worried about somebody else's next step in life. Like I'm around mm-hmm. trying to worry about myself. So like that's the thing I think people get caught up in. You know, so. and what I found out in a lot of the situations where it was somebody who was bullying somebody, like you were saying, for being gay or thinking that they were gay at an early age, mm-hmm. you know, a few years go by, and those are actually the people that end up sometimes being gay because they were struggling with that that, and they didn't know how Mm -hmm. to you know so they thought the only way they could deal with it was to you know joke on you know reflecting on somebody else exactly you know sometimes the same well i mean you can take it however but like Mm -hmm. for example when you have interracial relationships regardless of which person is like i'll say caucasian Mm -hmm. they're like well my family we never really liked you know or they Mm -hmm. never was uh, fond of black people but you know I'm all I date is, you know, yeah. on black people. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's different. It's the fact that um, I've always done it. I was scared. My that grandpa I was white. Sh- you my said what? White. Yeah, my grandpa white. My grandma mm-hmm. remarried. Married this white guy named Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Tom. <laughs> like, the, the marriage happened before I was like cognitive. Yeah. But <laughs> I love my grandpa Tom. But it turns out like the rest of the family can't Stand up, really? can't stand oh, up. And I'm yeah. like, it's just white grandpa Tom. Yeah, <laughs> well, like, I, remember, like, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> and I, like growing up in, in uh, like middle and high school, like we went to predominantly white school, but we were friends with everybody. But you did have the crew that you know, black the all black kids that hung in their corner with just yeah. individuals. They did not want to socialize. They if they did, they were very quiet based. I'm like, talk, socialize. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's, what's, no what's up? What's up? So. It was there um, was still definitely in that hard type of like you still got to prove yourself. Just I mean, because like a lot of them had transferred, like dealing at those schools, like the public year. schools, like how it was. But at our school, ain't none of that going on. <laughs> it was it was just great. I mean, hey, I, like I said, I was friends with everybody. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna see a lot of y'all for the remainder of the year. So I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, I might as well be friends with you. We, we were close relationships. But uh, so Doc, I want to talk more about um, okay, venture capitalists. You were saying that how. You uh you help start up businesses. Where did that Patrick? I think it's very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk. Let's definitely. Yeah, man, that. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I just want to cap this off one okay. second. Like, if we think about folks having the human experience, mm-hmm. like think about that. What does it mean to be a human? And I I think that's where I have been with my experiences with folks. What's your human experience, mm-hmm. and how can I learn from you to have a better human experience? Wow. Right, and, yeah. and thinking about that, and so that just plays into. We think about this, think about the ideas that you all have, right? And the ability to then bring those ideas into fruition. Mm. But oftentimes, right, we, we think about this, where's the capital to do that? Mm. And particularly for us, folks that look like us, we don't have the large friends and family around, mm. right? Where, hey, I'm gonna go to Uncle Tom or Grandpa Tom, <laughs> I'm, 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 gonna go to Char- I'm gonna go to Charles and Bertha, I'm gonna go to friends and I, and I can raise a $500,000 you know, a $1 million friends and family round, which typically happens in white communities, right? Mm -hmm. If we think about the uh, family household income, Mm -hmm. right? It's less than $7,000 for Latinx and black families, Mm -hmm. over $120,000, right? And more for white families. So when you think about, uh, when you're thinking about creating a a business that is actually going to shift the dynamics of folks' lives, right? Mm -hmm. Where do you get the capital to do that? And so, um, my life has this, been this series of, you know, you think about building, mm-hmm. it's always in, in, right. And, and you see this analogy of the baby walking on the plank, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if y'all, I might be too old. I might be too, too right. There's this baby <laughs> walking on a plank, right. And the baby's about to fall off. And then the next tier comes in, right. Mm-hmm. And the baby's that's how my life has been, right. I've been walking on a plank, right. 
and almost about to tip over and then the next thing comes. Wow. And so what happened is I started a, a social enterprise venture in 2015, really working for you know, and around black males to create equity, create opportunities in schools where we were making sure that discipline wasn't hampering how we were experiencing, right? How we were having a human experience. Wow. And so three years in, I was like, I'm tired of, I, I'm literally tired of trying to change white folks' minds around creating opportunities for black men to succeed, right? I, I just don't wanna do this anymore. And so I'm about to tip off and this opportunity to work for Camelback Ventures, which is started by my good friend, Aaron Walker in 2013, mm -hmm. uh, 2013, because he had this idea around that genius is equally distributed, opportunity is not, right? Mm -hmm. you know, and so thinking wow. about that, genius is equally distributed, but opportunity is not. And so all of you all have something in you that is going to allow you to be great. I, like just listening to your story, Right? You, you shifted your life because there was something great in you. There's so many ideas within us, but how do we then fund those ideas? Because oftentimes we can't bootstrap. Mm -hmm. And so that's what Camelback Ventures does. And Aaron said, look, I need somebody with a little bit of gravitas to lead our accelerator. Our accelerator is that friends and family round where we're bringing in 12, 13 ventures a year to say, hey, we're going to give you support, capital, community, all the things that you need to grow and scale your venture. And I, I love it. I have met some of the dopest people who are doing amazing things in the world from mental health to education, to tech, uh, to nonprofits. There's a brother, we were up in New York. His name is Ruben Agbona, Marcy Lab School. So think about this, right? Think about we had to you know, go to four-year four schools or, or go into the military, different tips and types of things. He said, I've got this idea to create a tech school that's going to allow high school graduates, high school graduates to come and work for, come and learn technology for one year, wow. right? And then move into these big time tech firms <laughs> making <laughs> six figure incomes. We were Damn. there in New York a couple of weeks ago and he's introducing me to some students. He was like, these students make three times more than I do to run this, Wow. right? And they're 18, 19, <laughs> 20 years old. Can you imagine that? Wow. Wow. Can you imagine that? And so that's what I get to do. I get to, I get to vet, source, and fund, and then support and mentor women and people of color who have great revolutionary ideas, right? And help them scale their venture. Wow. So if somebody, you know, wants to come to you with an idea or whatever, mm -hmm. um, do they have to have a lawyer already? You know, or how, what is that process if somebody wanted to pitch something to you? So what we always say is if, if you're pitching something, have your ducks in a row. You may not need to have a lawyer right now, but you, mm -hmm. you might have a billion dollar idea, mm -hmm. right? You, you're going to want me to sign something right. and say, this is mine. So have your trademarks, have your ideas, have your legalities in a row. Mm -hmm. So somebody can't take your idea, right. right? Thinking about that. You say, I got this great idea for Amazon and I pitch it to Jeff Bezos and you don't have it trademarked. You don't have all your legalities ready. Mm -hmm. That's his. Yeah. So make sure that you have, before you start talking to folks, you know that this is protected, that this is your idea, that this is your venture, and that no one else can take it. Wow. Yeah. Appreciate that. No man. worries. I don't, have any, I don't have any more questions after that. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm like zoned in right yeah, now. Like, <laughs> you know, I kind of like that moment in the show when you're like, yeah. yeah when you like zoned in that conversation, yeah. it was like, damn, what was I about to say? What was I about to say? So, uh, I really, I really don't have anything after that, man. I'll be having you. stuff, but I'll be wanting to ruin the moment. No, 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 no. <laughs> The slim predator always has something. Slim predator. had to learn this the hard way um i used to write and sell jokes to higher status comedians to oh, you know wow. fund pay rent yeah and um i was talking to a comedian and i was telling him about a movie i was writing and as i was writing his jokes and you know getting him right for his show da 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 
he was writing down my conversation about the movie. And then next mm. thing you know, I see my movie on Hulu. Mm. So it's like, I get it. I understand it. Like, but I was so young and ready yeah. to be like, listen, I yeah. got fire. Mm. Check this idea. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm writing these jokes, but I can also do this. And now I know. Now mm. I know about, you know, before you talk about scripts and before you tell people, yeah, these jokes are yours. This is what you can use. This is what you can't. Mm-hmm. I learned how to copyright and how to, yeah. you know, sometimes I'll even snap a picture of what I wrote and email it to myself so mm-hmm. I can have that yeah. that yeah. date down packed. Oh, you yeah. hear jokes all the time that you say mm-hmm. on stage in different cities. Mm-hmm. I just left Myrtle Beach, California. I mean, Myrtle Beach, California. I just <laughs> left Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Yeah. I did some work down in North Carolina, Winston-Salem, and then we did some work in Texas. And so it's like, now, now that I'm gone, are those people going to be using my jokes right. all yeah. throughout the... So it's yeah. like, how do you show your ownership? That's true. And that's true. I had to go down that road. I had to yeah. go down that, that road. That's tough for comedians, man, because I know like Kevin Hart and them, they'll have people, you know, actually lock up their phones and stuff like that for shows. But, yeah. but if you know, back in the day when people were going to, you know, comedy shows, they didn't have to worry about people recording their stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure people still stole jokes and stuff mm-hmm. back then. And there, there's still but, people who they have like, their own yeah. Instagram pages of jokes and stuff, and they'll have my content on there. Oh, and it's man. like, what can you do? Like, yeah. what, there's no way to stop every single blip that pops up that's saying either something you wrote, joked about in an interview, da 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 It's like, how do you maintain ownership? The answer was to just keep producing it on a larger level with the dates, just like my album on Spotify, plus traumatic comedy. Hey, <laughs> yes, sir. Streaming on all platforms, but... <laughs> so, the, the, you keep doing your projects bigger, better, you follow up on all your P's and Q's, you dot your I's, cross your T's, you make sure legality is you know taken care of, just like you say, and then you pitch to your ideas to larger companies, just mm-hmm. like our smooth, like, hey, I'm a bad motherfucker, here's my proof, right. work with me, and yeah. that's how we build that relationship. So the first thing, man, what's a revolution is trademark. Like, wow. no, look, I'm coming, I'm coming for you. Yes, right, sir. Right, and you know, that, and that's the thing, the wonderful thing that you think about when it comes to trademarking, is that you have the ability to then license mm-hmm. like if somebody wants to use the likeness or somebody wants to use the what's your revolution brand yeah they got to come to me and we got to talk about what that looks like and you so, get residual yeah 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 exactly and so that yeah. that's the big that's the biggest thing but any advice to a young entrepreneur when you have you know a great idea mm-hmm. vet it have a close you know knit group of people uh have it trademark have it copyrighted mm-hmm. um have you know have your intellectual property right yeah paperwork ready to go and then start going out to folks right especially when you have a great idea when you know when you think that hey this is something that is going to be transformative mm-hmm. and that has the ability to scale and make money have you ever had to learn the hard way like he did or have you heard of any stories where anybody has been <clears throat> you know may may have wanted to pitch you something but they had another idea that didn't work out and you know somebody ended up running away with their idea I haven't had that. I haven't had that conversation uh, with folks where somebody stole an idea. Usually, mm-hmm. when folks come to us, we're in a place ready to gotcha. help them go. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I've actually uh, I've uh, was watching an interview about some designer. Um, it's like a high end streetwear designer, and he was talking about how he was saying he was like he was with his I guess some friend or I don't know how good of friends they were, but um, they were working on his clothing brand and it got big. And he didn't have a trademark. Yeah. Oh. The dude took it, and he had no proof that he was even a part of it. Right. And then right. the guy asked him, "He's like, what uh, brand was it? like? It was primitive, and like that's something I wore in high school. Wow. And I was like, I had, still have one of the shirts at my house. I was like, wow, like I was buying that stuff in high school. Is like, it a big shirt? No, XL to me is not that big. But um, yeah, like I still have that shirt, and like now he created something else, and now he's with Italian designers yeah. and stuff making that stuff. Yeah, there, so. And then there's still ways to get your money back, but then once you take the money, it's like you sign paperwork and stuff to say like, all right, I can't well, complain the, no more. The important thing that you said that you know, hey, I'm gonna take a picture of this joke because I always say all the time. So when before I had started uh, my business. I journal like crazy. I journal ideas. Some of them mm-hmm. to me might sound like that's a stupid idea, but I'm gonna keep. It. I'm gonna, it's journal. I'm not gonna throw it away because maybe in the next five, six years it might come to you know might come up and say okay this is this is useful. Right. So I journal a lot and I always 
you know, tell like anybody, just if I'm just having a conversation, I'm like, look, don't ever throw away past ideas because if you throw away your idea, guess what? Somebody in another state, in another country mm-hmm. is going to fall out the sky. They're going to get in their hands and then you're going to see a commercial saying, man, why did I think of the, the, the umbrella that folded inside out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why did I think man. of the, um, there's a, a pouch that slides in the crack of your seat so when stuff yeah. falls out, it's like a little pencil. It doesn't yeah. even take a lot to even manufacture it. Yeah. So it's like little, it's like common things like, damn, why did I think of that? Mm-hmm. Well, you did, but you just regretted it and you threw it away and you didn't keep it on so I always say journaling is important. And just like you say, you got to have those receipts. Definitely yeah. mm-hmm. take a picture of it, whatever you can do. And um, and of course, you know, Trademark Incorporated is very, mm-hmm. very important. Y'all. One thing y'all can learn from this episode, if y'all are pursuing business, make sure your Trademark and Incorporated. Uh, trademark helps you, what, nationwide? Mm-hmm. The Incorporated helps you within the state. Um, it's, you know, it, ta- it takes money to pay, you know, to, to start a business too. It, ta- it takes funds, but with the help of, you know, Camel, Camelback. Camelback Ventures. Camelback Ventures. Yeah. Hey, your dream can come true. Right. Hey. And that's a blessing because, you know, bump the Shark Tank shows. No, go, <laughs> hey, go to them. Go to them. That's, that's Camelback Ventures is uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Walker, wonderful, wonderful brother, you know, and really thinking about, uh, I talk about this to every entrepreneur, right? What's the gap that you can fill? Mm-hmm. And there was a gap, particularly in education at the time when we started, like, education uh, funding and ed tech mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of people of color mm-hmm. there was a gap and there wasn't a space for us to say where could we as a cadre come together learn together and then get some funding and then go out into the world one of the things that we did as an organization i have to say this is that many times people get funded right but they don't get the supports the long-term support mm-hmm. so think about that you come you come in you get funded you, you go through our accelerator and oftentimes accelerators will push you out like see you we've invested bring us our money back mm-hmm. right but what we did was think about that us as a people, we have been supportive of each other. How do we continue that support? So we built a whole network of supports where we continued on and then we were able to invest even larger amounts to mm. them. Wow. Yeah, one of the things I want people to think about is that how do we pool our assets together as a community to build funds mm-hmm. that then will allow us to then, you know, take equity in companies that we can then, like, as the company scales, the whole community actually wins, mm-hmm. right? Instead of saying, you know, we have these the, the sequoias or the revolution capitals that are investing millions of dollars into these companies, and that our communities don't see any any of that. Yeah, wow. I mean, really, you know, the position that you you know really place yourself in is really like a gatekeeper for you know bringing success and really generational wealth for our community. Yeah. So, I mean, I just commend you for that, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. And um, also, I had a question, man. So, like, if somebody brings an idea to you and you... No, no, no. If somebody were to bring an idea and y'all, you know, came out, you said, okay, we're, we're going to end up funding you. What is the payback? Um, I guess, how would you guys recoup your investment? Um, you know, I think that might be a question. So what happens is, what happens is, is say you have, uh, you have this idea, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, we say we want to invest 10 million in your company. Yeah. We'll keep it, we'll keep it smaller. We want to yeah. invest a million dollars in your company. So mm-hmm. that means you probably have about a 10 million, $10 million valuation mm-hmm. somewhere, somewhere around there. We, we yeah. think, uh, when you exit the company or someone actually purchases your company, right? Mm-hmm. Or it IPOs, mm-hmm. right? It goes onto the stock market, right? Right. Um, that's when the returns come and gotcha. people are hoping for four, five, 10x okay. the times of money. So we'll mm-hmm. keep it right. When you exit or uh, another, right, uh, another round of funding, say we got in at a pre-seed round at a million, we valued the company at, at, at 10 million. Mm-hmm. Um, at your next round of valuation, somebody comes in, Gavin comes in, right, and mm-hmm. offers 20 million at a 200, $200 million valuation, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we could exit out and take our money from that point. Gotcha. Or we could reinvest and go back into the next fund. Gotcha. So those are the types of things that you're thinking about when there's a money count. Usually it's when either the company exits and they've been bought out or mm-hmm. there's another round of funding. Gotcha. But there's a, there's a whole lot of calculus because what happens is because Gavin came in, mm-hmm. he dilutes some of my funds, right? My equity. So that's the all, there's some tricky calculus yeah. that goes into it that you have to think about it. Um, I have invested from an, an, an angel perspective, small amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when the next round of funding comes in, my, my returns aren't as big, gotcha. but I've been that first money in. 
Yeah. Right. And so, so even you, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. That stuff adds up at the end. It, it, sure. it you can afford so gas. Right. But more than So one of the investments that I made a couple of years ago, we were just talking talking numbers. You fifteen thousand dollar, you know, investment. I'm gonna get a five x return. You know. So just thinking about that and what, and what happens next. And so I think, I think as, as you said the term generational wealth, as we build generational wealth, we have to think about how do we invest, right, as a part of our revenue streams, right? right? And the government has what's called accredited investors. Uh, and you can look that up, what an accredited investor is. Um, and how do we amass the amount of wealth where we can then become accredited investors where we can get into more lucrative pools or syndicates and things like that, where there's a more lucrative pool of money and you're investing, you're investing with a group of people that look like you as well. Gotcha. Well, look, that's awesome. Well, look, yeah. we truly appreciate you, Dr. Charles Corporate, my good friend, and uh, I mean all of our friends, man. You sure you truly taught us a lot and just I think it was very informative to our listeners and um, people that are watching. But look, we don't want you to go anywhere. You're going to stay with us. We got one more conversation cool. we're going to bring up. Cool. And it's, we're going to have a little fun before we end up the show. So uh, this dude has some, he saved his locks, right? You, did I get that right? You did. Yeah, yeah you did. Yeah. So about a, about a few months ago, you know, I had been growing my locks. They weren't as long as yours yet, but they were probably about down here or so, a year's work, you know. So I've been thinking about uh, reattaching them. So my question to everybody is, is that cheating or not? Well, I didn't even know that was a thing. So, I got, I got, I got, so look, from a person with locks, from a person with locks, that perspective, you grew that hair. That's you what, took thank the you. sacrifice, you went through the ugly stage. That's yours. Appreciate That's it. yours. And you just had a mental breakdown. Right. <laughs> and you lost your mind. Exactly. Luckily, technology has advanced to the point where mm -hmm. you can fix that little scruff in, mm. your, in your mental, you know, your, in your, you can fix that. Yeah. T-Pain did it. You know what That's I mean? What I was Buster Rhymes yeah. did it. I'm never going to. Uh, it's just, it's just, when the hair got long, the checks got long. Hey. So I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not cutting my hair, but <laughs> you should be good. No one should be able to judge you for just reattaching. Think about how many women got in a fight and got their edge snatched. You, then to come back the next day, got a full head of baby hair. You're right. You see what I'm saying? Oh, you're right. <laughs> That's not even there. Though. Zach, if you get That's in trouble, man, what if a dude just... Yeah! No, I'm going to tell you, though. One of the, oh one of the main God. reasons why I, I <laughs> cut them off was because my daughter, she just turned one. Mm -hmm. And she been yanking them. I mean, like, Ooh. and she even yanks my, my wife's hair right now. When so I say the cutest kid. Cutest kid with a head full of hair. Your daughter has oh, a lot you. of hair. She, she, she just turned one on April 29th. Like yeah. hair, hair Taurus. for days. I'm just yeah. like, yeah. 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 Appreciate that. But yeah, man, I was like, oh, I got to get rid of this. Just just because, you know, and she's still in that phase where she's still yanking stuff right now. They just got that grip, though. They so I might not strength. do it just yet. <laughs> but, you know, I do. I feel like, you know, part of me died when I cut my hair off. You know what I mean? Let's hear from the bald man. Let's hear from the, the bald man. What do y'all feel? Y'all just gave up. So. Uh, <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm going to be on the opposite side, damn it. I'm going to be on the opposite side. You're cheating. You're cheating. Yeah. 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 Go away to hear the hair stain problem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, just grow it back. Don't, don't reattach that. Not as yeah. yeah. no. Not as safe, no. Do you like keep it in the freezer or something? How do you keep it like? Well, maybe you can put some of this on here. Okay, okay. So we have to go. That's healthy from the beard care. Right, the beard care. That's the beard care. That's all you got. That's all you got. I take my earlier comment back. It is not a combat vest. It is a fishing vest. So. So, trusty ain't good guy. Hey, yeah. So, I'm just wondering why. I know. Why are we coming on podcast with a fishing vest? Oh, wow. Okay. But to answer your question, right? To answer your question, brother, if whatever makes you happy, appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? If you want to go around with re engineered locks, you know what I'm saying? Not re engineered, though. Re engineered locks. Then, hey, brother, I feel like you're the first person to ever say it. I know, right? <laughs> 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 hey, look, I was mind blown when he said it. I'm like, what? Trademark. I got to write that word down. Trademark. 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 Trademark.
Myanmar. What's the revolution? <laughs> right. It presents re-engineered locks. Right. Now watch him get reattached and his whole life changes. Like he, his status in life just... I mean, like when, like when you reattach it, is it gonna, like, literally look the original no, okay. shit? Like, is it gonna look a little... So you know when you get starter locks, you gotta grow your hair out. I think she said, because um, my homeboy's girlfriend does them. Mm-hmm. She does locks and she reattaches them. So she said you have to have it at least three inches yeah. for her to reattach it. And that's kind of what your length has to be to get starter locks gotcha, too. Gotcha. You know, so from my understanding, you just kind of get starter locks and put yeah, them back so on top of it. How them. the process goes is you get your normal, your required length to reattach them. And then uh-huh. after a few months, your hair locks with the extension. So yeah. it, it eventually becomes your actual lock. Yeah. And then when you surpass that length, you just cut it off, and oh you have your normal hair again. Anyway. So is this hair dead? Like, or is this, I mean, I mean, how do you rejuvenate that hair? As long as he's is it like in game? Is it like in game? As long as he's got it. I mean, look, 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 I mean, do you do this and it comes right back? It's in a Ziploc bag. You gotta keep it in the natural light. You get a natural light at all times. Next to my, yeah, it's... But all jokes aside, man, it is your hair. Okay. It's your hair. It's your hair. Appreciate it. Sorry. You didn't buy it. That's right. That's right. It is your hair. That's your hair, so... Fellas, another great episode. We hot as hell over here because, you know, I gotta turn this air back on. But look, we truly appreciate, again, my good friends, Dr. Charles Corbett, host of What's Your Revolution show. Venture capitalist, how can we continue to support and follow your future? You know, you got going on. What's your revolution everywhere? Um, uh, Twitter, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook. What's your revolution? Everywhere. Please listen to the show. uh, Review, like, check us out. Also, go to Camelback Ventures. Uh, If you've got a great idea uh, with anything that you think is going to shift the world, uh, particularly in tech, please go check us out. Uh, We take two classes a year. And so, really, I employ people to think about how they're going to transform the world. Right. All right, fam, I would do a cheers, but it's hot. So, I'm not ready to end the show off. We truly appreciate it. Y'all take care. Hey, tune in for the next episode of Arsenal Club Podcast, the show where everyday men discuss everyday topics. Hey, Peace. Hey. That was dope. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Oh, that was a fun man. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs>